When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you live your best life. Hi, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate, your host and author of the book of the same name. This week on the show, I'm talking about how to make your mark on the world through activism and trying to break it down so that it feels doable and show how it also helps you grow, which is a huge piece of what being a better person is all about. Today, I'm talking with two women who helped me embrace my inner activist, both through their example and through the organization that they co-founded, The Woman Project. Jocelyn Foy and Jordan Hebner are both moms and both live in the same town in southern Rhode Island. Jocelyn comes to activism through art. She's a sculptor and a designer who loves to get people seeing and thinking about things in new ways. And Jordan is a former congressional staffer and campaign veteran who decided to shift her activism from her career to her life so she could spend more time with her kids. Their organization, The Woman Project, was instrumental in getting the Reproductive Privacy Act passed into law in Rhode Island in 2019. Jordan and Jocelyn, it's so great to have you here. I love it when different areas of my life overlap. Welcome. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you so much for having us. This is great. I know when I stayed at the State House until 1.30 in the morning to give my testimony in support of the Reproductive Health Care Act, it shifted something in me. It showed me how much my voice and my story mattered, and it feels like a real before and after moment in my life. Was there a moment for each of you when you realized that activism was something you wanted to embrace? Well. So having worked in politics as a first career, but then come back to it in 2016 during the presidential election, there was this moment in 2016 where um, Secretary Tom Perez came to do an event in Ohio in the town that I was working in. And I have a huge fear of public speaking. So when it came to do the introduction from him, I chose not to do it. And I listened to the person who did do it, who gave a great introduction. But my voice was nowhere in that, nor the story of people who might have a similar voice like mine. So when I sat there on election night and thought about what I could have done differently in the 2016 election, I thought, maybe if I could have used my voice in that moment, that would have spoke to people in a different way way and I chose not to. And so when Jocelyn and I worked together with with other folks to found the Women Project, one thing that I tried to embrace was places that I personally had always been hesitant to use my voice and how to inspire other people and myself to to speak up and to figure out what they could say and when and when they could say it and how they could say it in a way that works for them. Well I was gonna say that I, I think a lot of times activism comes from this place of discomfort. Like I love thinking of you sitting there listening to somebody do something that you had been too scared to do and thinking like, oh, 
why didn't I do that? I could have done a really good job. And there's a lot that can come out of that uncomfortable feeling if you let it inspire you into action. What about you, Jocelyn? So I come to activism in, in a very organic way, not same kind of trajectory at all. I had moved back from living in Los Angeles for 13 years to New England and I was looking for community and I found a local art gallery uh, that was a member-based organization called Hera Gallery in our town. And they really opened the door and opportunity for us to use their organization for creative means and educational means. And so as soon as 45 was elected president, I had with one other organizer and, and member of Hera named Mara Trachtenberg, she and I organized this educational um, lecture series immediately the day after. And one of the first people we called was a local immigrant rights lawyer and said, can you come and talk to folks in our neighborhood who are milling about paranoid, not sure what to do? We can try and give them an education so that they can act from that. And so we started this series. He came, it was incredible. Basically, he said, we have no idea what's going to happen, but we know it's not going to be good. And this is how to prepare yourself. And lots of other organizations came as well. And Jordan and I got introduced through that and with uh, two other organizers, so Mara, myself, and Jordan, and we moved from there. And I didn't have a background in activism per se. I had a, a background in being a professor of design and sculpture and creating spectacle-based installations. I lived in LA where everything was a spectacle. And so while activism by like my more formal thinking of what it was, which was more political and being at the state house and making phone calls didn't fit what I understood to be activism. I very quickly learned through this core group of folks who started the woman project that we could make it whatever we wanted. And that really fit how Rhode Islanders needed us. And so we really charged up a lot of folks who were like me, weren't comfortable to do it one way. And we found other ways to activate folks. Very cool. Like me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people, though, are intimidated by the word activism. You know, maybe it seems scary or maybe it seems boring or maybe it seems like something they don't have time for. What do you say to the folks who are interested, but who might need a bit of a pep talk to get involved? I would say, coming from my own personal experience, because I think that's healthiest at the moment, <laughs> is to say that we, again, trying to meet people where they are, we called it artivism. We combined non-traditional ways of having conversations and gatherings and educational sessions to, and with different types of creative processes. And believe it or not, I think language obviously matters. And that inspired people to ask more questions. And then when we would talk to them, and Jordan can tell you more about that too, I think, is we would learn that we would find out where people were comfortable and we would try and fit different types of things to what that person was comfortable with. And that developed in an organic um, form of build. Right. So Jordan, somebody's talking to you, you know, they're saying like, oh, I know I should do something, but I, I'm nervous or I don't think I have time. Like, what do you say directly to that person? I think I just try to listen to where they're at, like the things that they do, maybe even their hobbies, interest, how their schedule is and their time is. Right. So the Woman Project has done a lot of different things. We wrote tons of postcards and that was hugely popular because people could just take them and do them in their home. I think just 
paying attention, leaning into your friend network. You know, the first thing, the Women Project advocated for the Reproductive Health Care Act here in Rhode Island. And some of our first meetings, we're just talking to our friends and family about abortion. We're here in Rhode Island, which is a largely Catholic state. And while people overwhelmingly supported the right to safe and legal abortion here in Rhode Island, we found that like folks weren't having talk conversations with their family. They just ignored that topic before. So in the first year of the Women Project, a lot of our supporters were just having those dinner table conversations with members of their friends and family and actually realizing that they all felt the same way and yet they'd never opened up that dialogue before. So like, it just depends where you're at and what you're ready to do. And then also lean into your friends and family, ask what they're doing, what, what can make it fun and uh, a collaborative thing to support each other as as you come out there. Because I think about your testimony, Kate, so many of your friends were there with you that day. You brought them along with you for that piece. And I imagine that made it feel a lot better to put yourself in a vulnerable, situ- what may feel like a vulnerable situation. Right, definitely. I'm, I'm curious from your perspectives, how does activism help you become a better person? You want to start, Jordan? For me, I think activism helps me listen to other people and what's going on in their lives. And I think you can only do this successfully if you are attempting in in some way to center those that are most marginalized or impacted. So I think it really helps me check my own privilege that I have in my life and, and think about the privilege that I have to show up in certain situations and also how I can make and share space. And that makes my life richer and more, you know, well-rounded. Love that. For myself, I am, I would argue more of an extroverted personality. And uh, for me, I'm ultimately in a place where if I'm not doing something because of the way I am as a person in the world, I, as a result of all the problems that we're having societally from the federal system down to the local town, if I weren't doing something, I would be unhealthy. It wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to, to be. So I need, I need an outlet to be helpful, whatever that means. If someone said to me, can you do X, that would fill that bucket. The Woman Project has been able to to be the bucket and we've pushed and learned how to be responsive in the ways that Jordan is saying and to be able to be more uplifting to other spaces and and voices. But in addition, I would say that a real positive, regardless of the pandemic and the challenges that we're facing now, I would say that it's also about learning or meeting new people and developing a community of being surrounded by strong women and people who feel comfortable in talking about the way they see injustices happening and where those changes and shifts need to be. So for example, uh, my reach is only so far because of the research I'm doing, but ultimately the education that I gained through meeting more folks and having these conversations is incredible. Awesome. I love that you see activism as self-care because I think to a lot of people, it might just sound like one more thing to do, right? That's going to keep you away from self-care. But from a better person perspective, you know, I think that we think about this in the middle of the night, like, oh, I need to do something. I need to be better. I know I want to, I have more to give. And so if you're finding ways to give back about things that you care about, it, it really does help make you a better person, not just it also helps alleviate that worry that maybe you're not doing enough. And that's super important, especially in these, these nutty times, for sure. 
something you both alluded to is that true activism is about getting a diverse group of people to work together toward a common goal. So, you know, I know this is a huge topic. We could talk about this for three hours, but just really quick, what's one thing you learned about being inclusive that you wish everyone who wants to get involved in a cause knew? You know, I think one thing the One Project did, and, and maybe people don't realize, but during our first year, sort of year and a half, we held community meetings around the state, and they were just small meetings. And we didn't have agendas really for them. We opened it up to the group and tried to do like takeaways. So while we were focused on passing the Reproductive Health Care Act, we always saw these meetings as an exchange of ideas to learn. And I think one thing that's really amazing is when I think about the folks that are still working with us, a lot of them came from those meetings or those folks who were in those early meetings have gone on to run for office. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were inspired to start an organization that completely focused on the issue that was most important to them. And we can work in collaboration with them. And just how having a space to talk, to feel safe, to have conversations about things that can be really tough and maybe you don't wanna sit with, but are really important. And continuing to push into that. And I think we spent a lot of time trying to do that and we still try and do it. So as we move forward, we're asking ourselves, are we are we doing this in, in the in the best way possible for folks? And where are we where are our blind spots and how can we make sure that we are paying attention to that? Fantastic. So for folks who want to know more, where can people connect with you? The Woman Project is in all sorts of virtual locations as we are trying to focus as much of our energy and activism around COVID safety. So you can find us at www.thewoman, when that's woman with an X in it, project.org. And we also have a strong presence on many social media platforms. So you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And we have a budding YouTube channel with a lot of video work um, of panels that we've recently held with elected officials from across the country recently that have been incredibly inspiring and uplifting to what our future could hold um, through the voices of incredible folks who were originally activists and now started running or have been running and won for office. Very cool. That's a good way. And we love to talk. So you're also welcome to always call our email. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I just want to confirm that it's Woman Project, The Woman Project. Yes? Correct. And woman is spelled W-O-M-X-N. Correct. Great. Thank you both so much. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> Bye. Hey there, it's Kate coming back to you with your tiny assignment. And I promise to keep it quick. I just want you to take a moment to think about your moment where you really felt like you had to do something about a problem that you saw in the world where either you felt sad or angry or enraged, like Jordan and Jocelyn were talking about with their moments, and decide what cause is it that you're going to devote some time to. We're three days into this week on activism, so it's time to do something to make it real. The very first thing you can do is just say, the cause that I care about and that I'm going to spend some time helping is blank. And for extra bonus points, tell someone else what you wrote down. 
And for extra, extra bonus points, go find one small thing you can do to get involved in that cause and go do it, whether it's research or signing up for a Zoom or writing a letter, doesn't matter what it is. I loved what Jocelyn said about how she has realized that activism is self-care. So go take care of yourself while also taking care of something that needs some help. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Today's podcast has been brought to you in part by Therapist Preferred Premium THC-Free CBD. Go to therapistpreferred.com and use promo code Kate Hanley for 20% off. Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes, a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Tweet me at Kate Han, K-A-T-E-H-A-N, or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you.